Hello everybody, Ben Maldus here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to Fred Van Vliet Riker. He's been the main topic of discussion sort of over this basketball-less period as he's our big free agent coming up this summer, and he came out and talked about his contract and talked about the league in recent reports, and there's rumors going around about Fred, so lots to talk about in this podcast, but Fred, we'll, we'll first talk about the contract side of things, and he there is some worry he's been thinking about what the league is going to be like now that the revenue is cut down for NBA teams and what the the contract situation is going to look like and his pay his big payday will look like now this upcoming summer Ben and break it down for us because it looks slightly more optimistic we had a lot of worry that I think some team like the Pistons or the Knicks primarily those were the two top contenders would go in and try to incentivize them with something close to a max deal or in the high 20s and we were unsure given the free agents that we want to start to look at now moving forward if Fred Van Vliet would fit into that picture at such a high price yep for sure and we'll we'll break down his quote first he said this free agent summer he's acknowledged he's thought about it he tries to keep it in perspective with everything that's going on especially where he's having a career year. He says he thinks the league union will try and do a good job to make sure free agents this summer will get their fair shake in negotiations as obviously the the revenue's cut down right now and that's not something that it's hopefully a long-term issue but we'll talk about that more so as the pod goes on but he says he expects the league to take a hit at some point and hopefully it's just minimized to this year. So it's and he's also he also talked about how people's health are most important and they're all filthy rich to quote him directly in the first place so no one's going to cry over losing a few million so that that's Fred's quotes directly on the the contract side of things hoops hype put out a rumor saying that he may consider a short term contract contract being that there's less money to go around right now and you brought it up there's a lot of teams go you know believe we believe to that we're we're willing to give Fred Van Vliet a payday and we made a video on it a couple of videos ago talking about the Knicks and the Pistons but if the Raptors are willing to you know there's less money going around maybe he and obviously he wants to stay with the Raptors maybe sign this is a a positive in terms of keeping Fred Van Vliet if he signs a short term deal we could give him a, a front heavy one year contract and keep that summer of 2021 open Riker then, I mean, obviously, obviously that makes a lot of sense. Let me let me first chime in on the point, though, on, on Fred Van Vliet's point, sounding off to say that a few million won't hurt here or there. Let me just tell you, there's no sympathy from the regular folks. And also, <laughs> I, I, I think it's pretty easy to say when you're a guy that's going into a free agency expecting a big payout, which undoubtedly mm. he's going to get. But I don't know if it was... Danny Green or J.J. Redick, but one of the NBA players reported that the majority of guys in the league, right, the non-tenured guys, the non-starters, they're living paycheck to paycheck. That's a quote from an NBA player. They would know probably better than we do. And even though we see young guys coming in, like Jason Tatum has spoken about this, R.J. Barrett, they say that they're they're really looking to um, live off of their uh what do you call it? endorsement deals and off of all that sort of marketing. And then they put into their investments into the bank, their actual salary paycheck. There's not guys. Most of the guys don't have the luxury to have all these endorsement deals mm-hmm. and sponsorships, et cetera. So for Fever and Vliet to just go and say a few million is nothing. I, I, I would be hesitant to, uh, to assume that that's true, but Ben, yeah. just in terms of us reeling this guy in right to get that, I mean, that's a dream scenario mm-hmm. and obviously an inopportune time. 
but with everything that's going on. But if we were able to, like you said, give him a big contract to show to show him that we want to keep him around, that we're willing to give him the money, but to be able to have a little more security going into the 2021 free agency, that's perfect. Yeah, for sure, Riker. And the one thing I found really staggering when looking at this whole situation is we, we know the league is going to come back at some point, whether it be this season or next year. The, the league is going to return as soon as it possibly can, and it's going to come back with no fans. Until there's a vaccine, there's not going to be large crowds of people, and there will be no fans in the NBA arenas. And the thing, I've sort of associated the NBA with most of the revenue coming in to be online or TV ads, because that's what everyone talks about with the cap situation and merchandise with all the jerseys and all that they're selling. So I thought that ticketing and that sort of stuff would only be a minute part of the NBA's sort of income and the revenues that they're generating. But I looked a bit more into it, and in the year, in the season 2018-2019, the league had a, a revenue of $8 billion total. So that leaves, assume, obviously it's not evenly distributed, but just for the sake of this estimation, we'll say it's evenly distributed. So about $266 million per team. And then to take the Raptors as a team, for example... They're, the Scotiabank Arena holds about 20,000 seats. Uh, they charge, on average, $179 per ticket, and there's 41 home games, Riker. And if you if you calculate that total just in ticketing, not counting the concession stands, the stuff that's stole, sold in arenas, that leads to a, around $150 million just from the regular season games that the, the NBA is losing. And when you, obviously that's a massive number, it's ho- sort of ho- hard to quantify how bit, how much money that is, but when you compare that to the annual revenue a team is making, around $266 million, that's a huge chunk, and that's a lot of money going to be lost, and you know, players' contracts, players' salaries are a huge expense for these NBA teams, so going forward, if the league has to bounce back from this revenue hit, they're, they might have a larger impact on contracts that really anyone is, any of the average fans or the players are really expecting. Well, then, of course, you know that all the reports that have been circulating saying the financial impact that not being able to resume the season will have on an already mm-hmm. revenue-depleted league, right, given everything that's happened with the dynamics of the league shifting away from Golden State and maybe, I don't know, maybe the interest internationally of the nba for various reasons that we don't need to get into necessarily yeah so they're they're sort of on their hind legs already and with this blow you know there's no wonder that they're resorting to the likes of these horse competitions and all these different things because they they just want to make content at the end of the day right this Mm. is a, a service that i think is necessary right now especially given how cooped up people feel how much um what do you call it? Cabin fever that people have right now, Ben. Yep. I think it's very timely for us to get sports back. But you're right. At the end of the day, it's a business decision and it's a safety decision. And they're making a big push for this because they're still needing to pay a lot of overhead costs. And if they're not getting any revenues in, even if ticket ticketing represents whatever percentage of their overall revenue, just being back in the midst of things, having games, they're able to get at least some percentage from their sponsorships and their advertisements, etc. And I think that you'd even see a bigger percentage of people tune into these games because they're sitting at home doing nothing. Yep, yep most definitely. So it's going to be just realizing how much of a chunk, even if the league comes back, that the, the league is going to take, how much revenue they're going to lose. That's going to directly play a role and might be a little bit more than a couple million here or there, as Fred is sort of quoted on saying. So 
you know, obviously these are rough estimates and we don't, there hasn't been anything specific in terms, obviously the, the it's been put out that 25% of player salaries have been uh, taken back by owners and stuff, haven't been paid to players already this season. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how all those contracts play out. And maybe the, the cap does go down a lot in coming years. And that's just going to totally change the dynamic of the, the free agencies coming up. Maybe teams like the Milwaukee Bucks might not be able to pl- pay a Giannis Antetokounmpo Supermax contract that entices him to stay. And that was the that was the big factor we've been talking about in him wanting to stay in uh, Milwaukee is the extra you know, $70 million he'd get over five years. And maybe that money's not going to be there to the same extent. So that that's going to play a factor in free agents we go after and free agents we retain and Fred Van Vliet. And you brought up the point of will the league return? And I think we could shift this conversation sort of to that now. Fred, he also mentioned in these sort of quotes saying that he doesn't, he expects because there's money, a lot of money to be made as we just brought up, he expects the league will find a way, but he won't be surprised if it comes back. He won't be surprised if it doesn't. Riker, from everything you've heard, talked about over the past couple weeks, obviously we've been in exam season and stuff, so we haven't been making too many videos, but what are your thoughts now? Have they changed on the league potentially coming back? What are your your just thoughts? Do you think the league will return this summer? Ben, well, they're by no means an essential service. and Except in Florida. Little... <laughs> Florida <laughs> name sports an essential service. Well... There you go. I mean, it's no <laughs> doubt. But if you are looking to the administrators or the people that are actually able to support this or to confirm to to legally regulate the, the return of the NBA, you're not going to get any hints or clues from those people. If you're following along with American politics, one day they're saying they're opening up the economy. The next day they're saying no. There's protests. There's anti-protests. Ben, it's going crazy down there. I think it's so, it's so, it varies. It varies so much from day to day. What I can tell you is that I think that, I think that there's a growing desire to get back that Mm -hmm. a month ago wasn't even a factor, right? I think health was the major concern a month ago, and I think it still is at the forefront. But I think now that people are really realizing there's not as much to do, there's salaries that, that's being left on the table because they're not playing, I think there is going to be a more concerted effort to get the league back. And from all the things that we're hearing, it seems like they're they're pushing in that direction. Yeah, we brought up all the people that are going to be losing money, the stadiums, the owners, the players. They're, they're all, they all have a vested interest in the league returning, even if it is even if they have to be quarantined to one or two hotels in Las Vegas or Florida or the Bahamas and they all play in one specific area. So I, I believe I'm more optimistic than I was a few weeks ago about the league returning. Uh, there's, you know, there's developments every day in terms of the science and this stuff. So we, we won't even get into any of that whole can of worms on this podcast, but it's, I think it's definitely possible. I, I'm definitely more optimistic Riker, one one pitch I wanted to throw out to you though, because we obviously saw the game of horses, the games of horse. Do you think the league sh- should sort of adjust to that style of filming the games with the the camera phones and stuff, and you know the the backyard style NBA games, having the finals well, filmed on an iPhone or something like that? <laughs> you know, I, there's no way that those games or those matches were fil- filmed on the iPhone. Ben, it looked like they brought out the old Nokia's, uh, <laughs> Nokia's to film those. And I wouldn't be surprised with 
with everything that's going on, we see the first game. It comes back at some sort of techplex, and we're watching four games happen at the same time. They only have one broadcast going, and it's on the same resolution that we watch those horse games. Would I still tune in? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I would. Would I enjoy it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I also would. <laughs> Imagine they have them like because they can't they can't film the games like that. They'll have to get professional cameras and stuff to at least better than what they had for those games, of course. But imagine if they did come back with the the sort of FaceTime s camera, not even the good side of the iPhone camera, the the one that faces you with the tiny lens. That would yeah. just be that would be the most ridiculous thing on the planet. Well, maybe the next step up then is not opening up the league, but if all teams are quarantined in the same state. Maybe mm. they're going to start doing some, you know, those intra-squad matches and yep. where one, one player is, is the recording person. They'll just break out the old iPad and then we'll watch in, you know, I'm sure every NBA player has a court in their backyard. We'll watch, you know, the Lakers squad duel it out between yellow shirts and white shirts. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that, Ben. LeBron's backyard court. It's it's going to be it's going to be a wild next at least month until the league comes back to see what the NBA does to make content. Obviously, the NBA, the Chicago Bulls documentary that's been out. Do you watch that after, Riker? I haven't seen it yet, but I'm waiting for more episodes to be released because once I watch a little bit, I'm just going to be hooked. So, nah, That's fair. Did you hear the I reports? Think... This most recent one is going to be about uh, the Bulls rivalry with the bad boy Pistons. So I'm, I'm really looking okay. forward to that, that miniseries there. Okay, yeah, I watched the first two episodes. They were good. They were good. I'm not the biggest like MJ fan. But it's really interesting to see like everything that went on during that season in his whole career. So, yeah, there, there's going to be stuff coming out. We're going to be coming out with stuff, Riker. We got a lot of cool things planned, especially now that school's over for us. Whether it be even though it's all online right now, it's still pretty pretty hectic times. But you know, it's uh it's going to be interesting. We have a lot of fun things to look at in terms of the NBA, Riker. Exactly right, Ben. For sure. Y'all, you guys are the best for making this fire. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. Have any last words? That's it for me, Ben. Cheers.